You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 10. Wow, guys, we are at 10 episodes. That's pretty cool. I feel like that's a, like a mini milestone. <laughs> so today we are doing a birth story with my friend Lindsay. And I actually know Lindsay personally. We know each other through a mutual friend. And I've, gosh, I've known her for a long time. <laughs> and she lives here in Raleigh. And she talked to us today about her two boys that she has. So just a little preview of Lindsay's birth stories. Both of her pregnancies were very, very different. Her first pregnancy, she had a lot of issues. She developed shingles in her second trimester, and she actually has Crohn's disease. So she takes a certain medication for her Crohn's disease that's an immunosuppressive medication. And so her OB told her to stop taking this medication because of the shingles. And then she had a really, really bad flare-up of her Crohn's disease. And then that led her to have an emergency C-section with her son. Very, very scary, very, very stressful. He's perfectly fine. He's healthy and happy, but very, very scary. And then three and a half years later, she got pregnant again with her second one. And she decided against a VBAC with that one, she decided just to have a scheduled C-section because she was afraid she would attempt a VBAC and it wouldn't go as planned. And then she would just end up with another emergency C-section and all this stress. So she decided to just make the conscious decision and say, hey, I'm going to schedule this C-section. Everybody's going to be calm, cool, and collected. And it was great for her. She had such an amazing, empowered C-section and such an amazing experience. So we are going to talk today to her about her two C-sections and her experiences. So let's get started. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was sponsored by Kindest Cup. Are you a breastfeeding mom or are you planning to breastfeed? Check out Kindest Cup at kindestcup.com. That's K-I-N-D-E-S-T cup, C-U-P dot com. Kindest Cup supports breastfeeding moms in three essential and natural ways, through hand expression, cup feeding, and as a hands-free milk catcher to save leaking breast milk. It's made from 100% food-safe silicone, it's portable, it's discreet, and it's super easy to clean. They sent me one of their cups, and I actually really like it. I'm not breastfeeding, obviously, so I can't really try it out for myself, but it seems like such a great little tool to kind of just have on hand. Kindest Cup will give you, as a breastfeeding mom, as much needed flexibility to manage your milk supply anytime, anywhere. It was designed in Canada by a breastfeeding mom herself. Check out Kindest Cup at kindestcup.com today. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Liesl. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can you start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. So we, uh, my husband and I live in Raleigh. We have two boys, four and a half and almost 15 months. Cool. My husband works for a general contractor here in town and I am a project manager 
at a local company. And I grew up in Raleigh. My husband grew up in Durham. So this is home for us. Cool. Well, cool. Well, awesome. Well, we are going to be talking about both of your births today, right? That's what we discussed. Cool. So let's start from the very beginning and let's talk about both of your pregnancies with your first son, how that pregnancy went, and then we can talk about and we could talk about your younger one. Yeah. So I I had two very kind of different pregnancies and births and I guess postpartum experience, like with both of my boys. So it's always kind of been interesting for me to get to talk to people about sort of the two different experiences that I had. Um With our first son, our older son, I have Crohn's disease. And so Mm. that when we found out we were pregnant, it was something that doctors just, you know, were wanting to keep an eye on, make sure that the medicine that I was on was going to be good to, you know, be pregnant and all that good stuff. So everything was good in like our first two trimesters. And then early on in my second trimester, I got shingles, oh. um, which is like not what you want to get when you're pregnant or anytime, no. really. No. <laughs> <laughs> but because the medicine that I take is an immunosuppressant, like a really, really big immunosuppressant, uh-huh. my OB doctor suggested that I stop taking it just because they were worried the shingles would spread, which uh-huh. was good in terms of the shingles, but not good in terms of the Crohn's disease. So uh-huh. um, the last three weeks of my pregnancy with our older son, we were at the hospital uh, four to five times, just not really knowing what was happening. Mm -hmm. After we delivered, we ended up figuring out that I had a pretty severe bowel blockage that had occurred just because the inflammation had gotten so bad because I Mm -hmm. had been off my medicine. But we had gone to the hospital several different times. And you know, when you're pregnant, there's not a lot of imaging, testing, that they really can do it sort of just keep you comfortable and try to wait until the baby comes. So the last time that we ended up doing that, I was pretty convinced it was going to be another uneventful trip to the emergency room. My husband and I were living in Wilmington at the time. So we had gone to the hospital there and like, I was so convinced that it was just going to be another trip because we were three weeks early still at this point too. Mm -hmm. I didn't bring anything to the Mm -hmm. hospital. Like I showed up with nothing. I was just like, y'all are going to give me some fluids and send me home. But when we checked in, they, you know, put the monitor on and all that kind of stuff. And Wyatt, my son Mm -hmm. was having really bad heart decelerations just because Mm -hmm. I was in so much pain and so dehydrated. So I remember distinctly the doctor looking at me and saying, we're going to have a baby today. And I was like, what is he talking about? This, this guy's crazy. (laughs) Um, So they started prepping for an emergency C-section and a C-section was something that I had at least somewhat had on my radar. Mm -hmm. Definitely not something that we had, you know, agreed or planned or anything like that, but it wasn't a complete shock to me. I just think the quickness of all of it, like it just, we went from going into the hospital to 15 minutes later being told we were having a baby that night. Right. So they, you know, prepped me for an emergency C-section and we got the anesthesiologist and everything like that to come in and sort of talk to me through what was going to happen. So as far as an emergency C-section goes, I feel like that's something that is on the scarier end of birth stories. And it was not our preference, but you know, it got our baby healthy and he was three weeks early, but Mm -hmm very healthy as far as all of that goes. Cool. Um, cool. Was it an emergency C-section in the sense that they had to put you to sleep? 
No. So they told us that that was, we were well on our way to that. Mm -hmm. Luckily I stabilized my blood pressure and everything stabilized enough that they did not need to put me to sleep, which I'm sure different hospitals have different rules, but at New Hanover, your husband can be in the room as long as you're not asleep. So um, that allowed us to let my husband be in the room. I'll never forget New Hanover is not a very large hospital. And my husband looked at the doctor after he told us we were going to be having the C-section and said, do I have time to go get my phone charger? And the doctor was like, no, Uh, no, you do not. This is happening. So we didn't have NICU, none of that. He was born very healthy. But unfortunately for me, I, we went home, you know, the two days later and my Crohn's disease, the bowel blockage was just not going away. So I had to go back into the hospital for a few days. And when you're, you know, trying to breastfeed and, and all of that, and you're in pain. So that part of the whole process, the postpartum part was challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember trying to convince my husband to use a, like a dropper to feed our son Mm -hmm. formula, Mm -hmm. because if he had to do formula, I didn't want it to be in a bottle because I was so convinced that he was never going to nurse. That was not, you know, I remember my husband calling me and was like, Lindsay, we're, I'm just going to feed him a bottle and he's going to be fine. And he did. When I got out of the hospital, you know, he nursed for, we made it to four months. Uh um, And then I had to have surgery. So I was in the hospital for a week and a half. And during that point, like we just kind of made the decision, some of the medicines I had to be on trying to pump while you've just had pretty extensive abdominal surgery is tricky. And the stress, Um, I mean, gosh, like the stress of having surgery and all of those together, kind of, if you are trying to continue breastfeeding, it makes it very, very difficult. Right. It was really cool though. When, I mean, I, I never really had to go through the process of weaning because my body was just sick and like it just, yeah. Like it just, (laughs) my body just stopped producing milk almost for that week and a half that I was away from him. Yeah. When I got home the very first day I laid down, my mom put my son beside me and I could feel my milk come back, Mm -hmm. which was wild because I had not breastfed in a week and a half. I never got engorged, Mm -hmm. but it's just really cool what the, what the body can do. But I, I just decided at that point I was still on medicines that we weren't comfortable breastfeeding with. So we did four months and that was wonderful. And then we did formula with our older son. Cool. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, that's a good little first story. Yes. You said four and a half and then your younger son is 15 15 months. months. Okay. So let's start with now your 15 month old and his pregnancy was, and you said it's very, very different from your first one. It was, it was, I was able to stay on the biologic that I take the entire Mm -hmm. time, which made Mm -hmm. a world of difference. I think my husband, my parents, my doctors, everybody was sort of on edge when we found out we were expecting again, because it was just a lot to deal with the first time. But everything was, you know, as far as the pregnancy goes, there was sickness and tiredness, but very healthy pregnancy, as far as that's concerned. And we did decide to do a scheduled C-section, which was something that I debated for probably the entire pregnancy, just Mm -hmm. trying to decide what was right for us, what I wanted, you know, was I being selfish? Was I being stubborn on either side of all of that? But in the end, we just decided scheduled C-section. 
I was worried about having, yes, I was worried about having another emergency one mm-hmm. because while it was, you know, we got through it and it was okay and it, it wasn't awful, it still wasn't ideal. So I kind right. of wanted a little bit more control since I didn't get to have that the first time. I think that's fine. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So tell me about your scheduled C-section. How, how do you feel like that was a lot different than your emergency one? Just your feelings and the procedure yeah. and all of that. It was at a different hospital to start mm-hmm. with when we delivered our second son. We were living in Raleigh. So we were at Rex mm-hmm. and it was just, my husband and I kept laughing about, I mean, we were driving the day of like to have a baby and it was yeah. just such a surreal feeling because we hadn't had that the first time. And I think even if you deliver naturally, you still at some point probably get in the car with the understanding that when you get to the hospital, like it's that time. So that was not going home without a baby. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That was was fun for us to kind of have that time. And at least the day before you go in and kind of have the little pre-op check-in appointment, Mm -hmm which was, again, just sort of fun to get to do those things that we missed out on mm-hmm. the first time. But everything felt very calm. And we got to have our families kind of be in the waiting room to know when things were, were happening. And it was a very quick and, you know, just very, I felt good about it. We got to pick the time that my favorite doctor from our practice was going to be there. So we were able to make sure we got him to deliver our second son. So yeah, I mean, I don't like to say I enjoyed it because that's certainly not something that you enjoy, but it gave me back a little sense of control that I I missed out on the first time. So that was special. That's a good point. I think that's a common thing that people, when they talk about a traumatic experience, when giving birth, they reference that, that they, you know, feel like they lose that control and they right. wish that they had more control over the situation because they feel like things were out of control. So that's good that it kind of, you know, was full circle that you got to right. you know, experience that type of birth with your second one. Yes. That's great. Well, can you tell a little bit about, I know you've kind of talked a little bit about your postpartum experience with your first one, but you kind of share a little bit about both experiences, maybe how it was sure. different. If there was any difference between your recovery with your first one and your second one, I know you obviously had both had C-sections, but if yeah. you know there was any difference between the emergency part of yeah. it and like the scheduled part of it. Yes. My husband likes, he kind of teased me when I pointed this out to him. Obviously when you have a C-section, it's considered abdominal surgery, but to right. somebody who's had several kind of more extensive abdominal surgeries, it's easy to forget what you go through in oh, it's just a C-section because yeah. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so the Good second, point. Time, around, <laughs> the Good second point. time around, I just remember feeling like this really hurt. Like the recovery was challenging. And I, mm-hmm. I made a comment to my husband and he said, Lindsay, the first time around, like the two weeks after you had, you know, the first C-section, you were back in the hospital on pain medicine for, mm-hmm. you know, for the Crohn's related symptoms. So mm-hmm. you weren't really feeling that pain like mm-hmm. you did the first time. So I think I just, it took me a good little reminder that it is still major surgery and it takes a while to recover and not to push yourself. So that piece of it was a little challenging, especially when you have an active three-year-old at home who yeah. is not understanding why you can't 
jump off the couch and and go for a bike ride or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Good point. We also had a lot of family in Raleigh. Both my parents and my in-laws live in town. And when we were in Wilmington, that was not the case. It's not a far drive, but they were not there permanently. Right. So that for us was very helpful. Um, It's a huge difference when you have people. It does. It does. And (laughs) when I meet people who don't have family in town, I just think a lot about them because that's Mm got to be very challenging to feel like you don't have as much support. So we were very lucky in that sense. And then I guess the third piece of it was my job. The job that I had when I was in Wilmington was much more demanding and a little bit less flexible. (laughs) So being on maternity leave was, you know, I still had email on my phone and was expected to sort of not go into the office, but be available to do work. So Mm -hmm. that was challenging the first time. And um, the second time around, I had a much better situation with sort of a full maternity leave and able to just focus on myself, our baby, Mm -hmm. husband, our older son, and Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. I also think about people who don't get that time at home or or feel rushed to go back to work for a number of reasons. So I was very thankful to have that opportunity this time. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So you said you breastfed your first one for four months and did that surgery. And then how did the breastfeeding experience go the second time around? The second time around, I think it was a lot better. I think that to say that we got into a like a groove would i think be a little bit of an overstatement i still felt like it was a lot harder than i remember it being the first time right or that i remember feeling like it was for other women and i think it's just sort of babies are different people are different schedules are different right so we introduced formula at a month and a half Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling a lot of guilt around that because we we had several friends who had had babies around the same time and breastfeeding exclusively was going great for them. And I remember mm-hmm. I had a friend coming over and I like hid our formula thing. And I remember thinking like, this is silly because it's not, I'm feeding my child something that is, you know, very okay, but it mm-hmm. still felt a little bit guilty. And I think I, around month four, I think I started feeling less and less guilty about it. We were still breastfeeding. He had a few bottles that were formula. I breastfed him. I pumped and gave him bottles like with pumped milk. Mm -hmm. So we just sort of did a combination and we just sort of did that for as long as it worked for us. So Mm -hmm. I got to eight months. And at that point, we just sort of, I think for me and I think for him, it just felt like a good time to stop. So we perfectly we stopped. And, <laughs> yeah. And he did those last four months on formula. And I had friends that breastfed until 14, 15 months. And that, you know, it was a great, great experience for them. And I was happy that that was their story. But for us, it just was a little bit shorter and it was good for us. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, that is great. I guess I think that, you know, helps a lot of moms out too, because I know that that guilt is so true for so many women and it really should yeah. not be that way, but it is. And yeah. it just sucks because I know I've felt that same guilt. Even I breastfed my son well past a year, but I gave him formula throughout his whole, yeah. you know, we did both. And 
I definitely felt that (laughs) and it's very real and it sucks. It's a, you know, it's a happy feeling to feel, but no. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. This is wonderful. Can you just quickly remind listeners where they can find you on social media? Sure. I have a Instagram. It's public, but it's not like a fancy blogger Instagram, but it's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y dot Rectenwald, R-E-C-K-T-E-N-W-A-L-D. Awesome. So it's just little snapshots of me and my family. Cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, I'll put that on the show notes page too. If people want to check out your two boys and you know start following you. Sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you for having right. me. I appreciate yeah. it. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money back guarantee. So if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right. So that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.